0: Why don't we stand to our feet? And uh, they're just gonna go rapid fire. So why don't you help me welcome to the stage the lead off, Cheryl Smith.
1: Oh my goodness, hello. Let's give Jesus a shout. Come on, he's worthy. He's worthy of our praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God, for this 5 p.m. service. Bless you guys, sit down. And I hope to um, provide some entertainment some of you know I'm not from Texas. Um, my connect group are here, and they they actually threatened to help have bobbleheads with my face on on lollipop sticks. I'm so glad you didn't do that, because I wouldn't have been able to hold a straight, straight face all the way through. I want to first of all um, honor our senior leaders, pastors Juergen and Leanne. We've, yes, come on, so good, so good. We've been at C3 for a little over 11 years, and so we've seen it flourish and grow. And obviously, it's like not just an accident. They've got such an incredible vision, and without that, and without their mentorship and leadership, this wouldn't be who it, you know what it is today. So, just want to thank them, and also our amazing campus pastors, Pastor Becky and Pastor John. I think if we move to Timbuktu, we might still come to Central Campus, Chris, right? We probably just get here, you know. So thank you so much, worship. These are my people. These guys are my people. Thank you so much, worship team. Such an amazing job tonight at worship. Incredible anointing in this place, setting it up for this little sermonette. So, okay. So the um, title of my message is "My Why." So why do I serve in God's house? Um, so first of all. I am just a living, walking testimony to the goodness of God, like the blessings of God that are flowing through my life just through being planted in God's house. It's just amazing. And secondly, I actually don't like the devil, you know? And I say that because I say that to say it's really easy to get people into connect groups. I mean, it's really easy. You just come and you eat and you have fun. It's a whole nother thing, getting people on a team. It's really, there's a huge resistance to getting people onto onto serving on a team because there's a sacrifice that's involved. And I know behind the sacrifice, the blessings. You know, truth is, we are actually all made to serve something. And so if you don't serve God, these are not the droids you're looking for. You're gonna be in some sort of bondage. It's it's gonna lead to something that's not gonna provide fruit for you. It's not gonna provide blessings. You know, people actually serve their dogs or their animals and they put them in such a high position. Maybe that's a word. I don't. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> She's in her place. But yeah, so first my first point is um The uh, fruit that comes out of serving. If you're planted in God's house, you will be blessed. It's just a thing. You will be blessed. Uh, Favor is actually fair. I found that. What you sow, you will reap. You will reap. And I'm so, so excited. Like, my first, um, I want to give you a verse to make it nice and proper. Um, Psalm 92, verse 13, it's in the Bible. Um, Blessed is he who is planted in the house of our God, for they shall flourish in the courts of our God. And in Elizaret, she says, you'll flourish in old age too, which I claim. It also says you'll flourish in season and out of season. So there's just a preface to flourishing, which is really, really cool. So I have a cool, I'm so excited about this testimony because it just happened. So, um, About four or five months ago, I started getting this really crazy pain in my throat. And it was associated with speaking. So every time that I would do the prayer at church prayer or be in the lobby, I could literally talk to someone for about 30 seconds. Then I'd be like, ooh, I've got to stop. And I'd have to go outside. And so I was like, what is this? It's annoying. It's actually really painful. Every morning I'd wake up with this pain. Um, And so the doctor put me on vocal bed rest. Well... I love speaking, and my family were like, yes, oh my goodness, she's on vocal bed rest. And I was, I was like, absolute torture. So I could just speak this, like, really, really quietly, and not much. And it actually got slightly better, but not really. So now I'm just over it. So um, fast forward to about a month ago, um, the beautiful Andessa asked me to um, serve on Kids Church. I'm going to pull it back to serving, don't worry serving in kids' church, um, playing keys and music directing. And I'll tell you a little secret. Like, I actually wasn't really into it. I was. It would have involved, it was going to involve a lot of preparation because music directing, you have to learn all the parts for every single instrument in the band. And you've got to, you know, I was super busy with my job at that time. So I was just like, oh, my God. Shall I? And yes, the Lord said yes. You have to serve in kids' church at Presence. So I'm like, accept, accept, accept. Second day of Presence, I'm um, on a ministry time with amazing Paulie. Paulie was on acoustic guitar. I was on keys. And the kids, it was a healing altar call. It was amazing. Just so many kids on the altar call just getting healed. Little kids praying for other little kids. Just kids crying and just being blessed and healed in their spirits and their hearts. Um, people, kids being released from anxiety, was just like, "Oh my goodness!" And I came off stage with Paul. I kid you not, is he here? Oh my gosh! We were like, "We're resigned from this. We're, we're just going to do, do kids' church from now on." It was just like the most intense sense of of the power and presence of God in that space, and so. um I went into the main uh, presence the last session, and it's loud. I'm supposed to be on vocal bed rest, and I'm not. (laughs) I'm being really disobedient to the doctors. And I just realized there's nothing there. Like, what what happened? And then even worse, we go out. Like, I'm even more naughty. Chris and I go out to PB. Friday night in PB to a loud bar and I'm just yelling. I'm like, okay, oh, can, can you get me another drink? Or, you know, just, you can't, you can't just speak. And I'm like, it's gone. Four months of pain and I did not even pray for it. I did not pray for it. It was just, it was incredible. It was so amazing. So I'm just thanking God, you know, I woke up the next day. It was so incredible. So what you sow, you will reap. We sowed an atmosphere of faith and of healing just happened so um the second my why is uh fought the holy spirit on this one actually um it provides an opportunity for us to get offended so if you get on a team you're going to be serving with people and people are not perfect they're just not and so um i want to read a scripture this is probably everyone's least favorite scripture james one Consider it pure joy when you face struggles, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith provides perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you will be mature and complete. So what I found in my walk is God's really not that concerned with my comfort. He's actually concerned with me growing my character. When you exercise releasing being released from offense, you're actually exercising forgiveness. And I'd see forgiveness as a muscle. You actually have to use it. Use it and grow it. Um, And then uh, it says in Ecclesiastes 10 verse 4, if the anger of a ruler rises against you, do not leave your post. Do not leave your place. Do not stop serving. Don't let the devil get a foothold. Don't let him take you out. The reason I'm talking about this is that I've seen so many people walk out those doors for a little comment. And it wasn't even meant. You know, we're supposed to love our enemies. Most of these offenses are caused by whoops. Didn't even know I did that. And, And people leave their destinies. They leave their missions and their ministries for a little comment or a little look. Let's get a spirit of let's go. Let's get over it. Build ourselves. Land some maturity. Land some character in your soul. And my last why is really just so easy. Because Jesus Christ is worth it. He's worth it. He is worth it. And you know what? If God took the entire Gospels to model the servant life of his son Jesus, who am I to say I'm above it? Who am I to say that I wouldn't take on that mantra? And I'm telling you, he gave the skin off his back for us so that we would be set free. And so me waking up at five o'clock on a Sunday morning for a sound check, I can never lie to you, it's always hard. It's hard, it's hard. But Compared to the sacrifice that Christ made, it's really nothing. So we honestly have to model him, and so I say that just like Joshua, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord in Jesus' name.
0: Oh, come on, five o'clock service. C3 Church, San Diego. Can we give it up for our friend Cheryl? incredible no come on really give it up for her unbelievable well done my name is Sterling y'all can sit back down my name is Sterling and uh what an immense privilege to be on this platform I want to say this about Pastor Jurgen and Leanne that before they were pastors before they were prophets before they were visionaries before they were leaders they were followers of Christ And so if you stripped all of that away from them, can I tell you that they would still be followers of Christ. That's where it started, and that's where it's going to end. So to be on this platform, something that they have built, it is an immense, immense privilege. And we are at Central Campus. We are at Central Campus. Pastor Becky, you made me want to just change the world. As you would say, we are so awesome. Thank the absolute world of you. And Pastor John, I've been working on a little phrase for you when you're traveling, and and doing things, it could go something like this. Tell me what you think, it could go something like this. Imagine it, Pastor John is coming up on the stage and it would be something like this. More power, more healings, Papa John's. It could work. I'm just saying, it could. It could work. And I wanna do this, I wanna take a quick moment. If you are a volunteer or you serve in any capacity in our church, any capacity at all, please just stand up. We're gonna applaud you this evening. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Absolutely incredible. I love it, I love it. So the way that a three by 10 works is I have 10 minutes, but I also have three points. So for a preacher, this is really fun because it's just enough time to be effective but short enough to like keep it exciting. Does that make sense? So we're gonna jump right into it. We're taking notes today. Who's taking notes this evening? Fantastic. My first uh, point, my message, by the way, is called, don't be a tool. I'm gonna explain it, don't be offended. I'm gonna explain it. My first point tonight, if you're taking notes, I hope that you are, is that we are jewels, not tools. That we are jewels, not tools. I wanna inform you or help you to see tonight that you are not a tool, to be used and abused to build the church. You are not a tool to be here in and out every week, to serve, to join, to be a part, to build something that you don't have a part of. Now the difference between a tool and a jewel is the value that they carry. My wife has an awesome wedding ring. Can I tell you that she cares about that more than she cares about anything else? She knows where it is at all times. She has little ring dishes like all over the house, more than one for some reason. But here's the difference between a tool And a jewel, a jewel is to be displayed. It's something that's beautiful, it's valuable, it sparkles, it shines. People see it, you know that it's worthy. But a tool is something to be used. It's not valuable, it's common, right? And so in the house of God, do not believe the lie that you are just a tool to build this thing called church. You're not just a tool to build a vision. You're not just a tool, but you are actually, I love this, the Bible says that we reflect the glory of God. Can I tell you that the world is looking at the church? And here's what I love about the world looking at the church is when they look at the church, they see you. And you are the bright, shining, sparkling jewel that the world, when they look at the church, people are the best part of church. Can I get an amen just right there? We'll just get it going. And uh, recently, I was cleaning out like our little patio area. I have a tool chest that I have not looked through in like six years, long time, haven't been through it and decided that one random day that I was gonna organize it. And while I was organizing it, found this screwdriver. You can't see it, but I'll tell you what it says. It says, Father's Day, 2012. This is my screwdriver, but I don't know how it got there. <laughs> not, a, not a single clue. I, have, I don't have a seven-year-old running around, I promise. But not sure how, how this got there. Someone at one point in time purchased this screwdriver, used it for whatever, and somehow it ended up my possession and wasn't touched for six years. Now, I like to use props. I'm like a retired youth pastor, so props are my jam. (laughs) I want to show you really quickly. You want to see this awesome ring? This is a legacy ring. And so this ring was given to me by my grandfather, and it's been passed down in my family for 130 years. It's my great, 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 great grandfather's. And it's been passed down to the oldest son in the family for over 130 years. Now, here's another difference between a tool and something that is valuable like a jewel is the story behind this. This has been passed down. It's valuable to me. I make sure that I know where it is. I care for it. Whereas this tool didn't even know it existed until I decided to clean up the patio. Sorry that took so long, babe. I'm, we're working on it. I want to read this. If you have your Bibles tonight or you're taking notes, in God's own words, he tells the people of Israel, and any time that God is talking about the people of Israel, it's, it's for us. He tells them we were valuable rare gems set in gold that were precious to him, important and beautiful. If you're in your Bibles, it's in Isaiah 62, verse 3. I like the ESV version for tonight. It says this you shall be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord, and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. I had to look at what a diadem is. It's like a like a crown situation. (laughs) But here's I started thinking about, about jewels. And here's the difference between jewels and tools. Tools are just like thrown into like a random area, right? You ever, you ever like lock up valuable jewels, like put them in a safe? Here's what I love about our church, is the jewels that, that you are is all the gifts, callings, talents, skills that God has put inside of you. But here's what our church refuses to do. They refuse to lock up and put into a safe the jewel that you are. They refuse to leave the gold that is inside of you to go undeveloped. They choose not to squash you. Can I tell you why? It's because they're secure leaders. Secure leaders do this. They don't say, oh, I'm afraid or threatened by the gift that you have. Instead, I want to pull it out like never before. I want to see you flourish like never before. Church tonight, do not believe the lie that you are just a tool to build a church and nothing more. You guys ready for number two? Here we go. Point number two, if I can find it in my iPad. Serving, write this down. Serving is not something the church wants from you. Serving is something the church wants for you. It is not something that they are getting from you. It is genuinely something that they want for you. Yeah. And it's true. I'm, I'm gonna, I'll am gonna confess. Pastor Becky, I'm going to go for it. It's true. Our church wants you to join a team. Yeah. They want you to serve. They want you to carry responsibility. They want you yeah. to be involved. They want you to have purpose that you've never had before. It's absolutely true. But here's why. is because they know what serving can unlock. Yeah. They know that serving, building the house of God will always build you, will always build your life, will always add to you. Listen, I'm telling you, the relationships that you will build on your team, the purpose that you'll wake up with every week, to be here on church, to have responsibility, to to see the house of God be built, truly will build your life. Has anyone experienced that here at our church? I believe that. And I love this about, about serving, is that if you turn up, things will turn out. When you show up, things will show out. And when you build the house of God, you're building a legacy. Just like this ring was given to me, as passed down. Can I tell you that your kids are watching what you do? Your friends are watching what you do? I'm going to take 20 seconds. This is for my young adults, just really quickly. There is a difference between attending and serving, though. An ocean of difference. Ladies, if you are thinking about dating someone, here are the three questions that you need to ask them. I'll just help you right away. I'm going to save all the time in the whole world. Are you ready? Here they are. Who is your connect leader? Yeah. Who is your Emerge Captain? And which team are you currently serving on? (laughs) Ask those three questions, I'm telling you. I'll just save you all the trouble, it's right there. Serving is something the the church wants for you, not from you. That's a tithe message too, but that's for another time. Number three, write this down. We are servants, not specialists. We are servants not specialists. I love this, and Matthew, if you're in your Bible, we're going to go to Matthew chapter 20, verse 28. I mixed it up, did the NLT version this time. It says, for even the Son of Man, Jesus, came not to be served, but to serve others, and to give his life as a ransom for many. I love that the Bible shows us this, because Jesus could have showed up on the scene and be like, yeah, all I do is preach. Yeah, all I do is heal people. All I do is miracles. All I... If you look at the life of Jesus, I'm amazed at how flexible he was when it came to serving people. Whatever it was, he had eyes. Oh, you need me to do this? I'm on it. You need me to do this? I'm on it. You need me to do this? I'm on it. And so if Jesus, our prime example, I I love calling Jesus the lead servant. He's the servant that everything that we're doing should be modeled after. The word Christian means to be like Christ. I imagine a conversation with the disciples and Jesus going like, okay, Jesus, if we're supposed to be like you, what do we do? He says, oh, you just do what I do. And they're like, what is that? He's like, look at every single interaction that I have, every miracle that I've performed, everything where I've just completely showed up on scene when there was someone that needed to be served. And what did I do? They would say, you served them. Every single thing that Jesus did could be pointed back to you serving. And this may seem like a generic thought, but truly, if it was good enough for Jesus, if Jesus came to earth to be a servant, to set the example, to show us how, to go first, to be flexible. Surely, surely in our lives that we can be flexible enough and be committed enough and be passionate enough to serve in the house of God. Can I get an amen on that? That just makes sense to me. If you have a skill, can I tell you at this church, your skill will not go unnoticed, it won't. If you have a skill, it's, I love that, that, our, that our three power words for pathways are connect, develop, and empower. If you have a skill and you are in our church and you are concerned about it de- being developed, do not worry. Right. Leaders in our church will identify the gift that is in you, will identify the talent you, will start to sharpen the skill that God has put into you to put it to work. And I tell you that nothing will fuel you or make you just like ready to rock than actually operating in the gift that God has given you in the house of God? In the house of God. You can do it in the world, absolutely. You'll, you'll, you'll love it. But if you do it in the house of God, it's like nothing else. Write this down if you're also taking notes. The skills can be taught, but the spirit must be caught. The spirit of serving, if you can catch that, of what it is to, to show up. Listen, it's a mindset. It's an identity thing. The skills to serve at, at different layers can be taught, but the spirit must be caught the end of the day, church, I want to leave you with this. At the end of the day, you're not serving a team lead. You're not serving your pastors. You're not serving the church. Can I tell you who you're serving? You are serving an almighty God. You are serving Jesus Christ. And so we have to get our mindset around. Listen, if you're feeling a little bit of tension, just go back to that. I'm not serving a team lead, the person who's hitting me up on CCB or the, the people who are up here every week talking about Pathways and talking about a serve team. Listen, this is something they want for you, not from you. If you will build the house of God, he will build your life like you cannot believe. Listen, join a team, take that responsibility, take that step. I, I, watch what will happen in two months, three months, a year, six months. When you turn up, things will show up, okay? Amen.
2: can grab your seats. I only have 10 minutes and I'm a girl I could talk for 10 hours. Oh my gosh, you guys, we really truly have the greatest church on the planet. And I want to echo it because it can't be said enough that we do truly have two of the greatest lead pastors in the world. And we've been able and been privileged to be around world leaders and other pastors and all these amazing things. And they look up to our pastors. Like it's amazing. And we're so blessed the way that they love God, they love this city, and they love this church. You guys, we are so, so blessed. So whenever you see them, love them, thank them, hug them, high-five them. Do what we can to bless them, because they have given so much. Amen. And two people who have become uh, the most important people, two of the most important people in mine and Kenny's world, Pastor John and Becky. And they're our central campus. Pastor John, give them a hand. I know, I got all, like, sentimental. I'm so sorry. Because I'm, I'm so grateful that the two of them who've become like truly like family to me and Kenny and, and our daughter, but the example that they're leading for the next generation of church leaders and ministry people, like it's world class and we're so, so blessed by y'all. Amen. Okay, here's the deal. Like I said, we live in San Diego. It's the greatest city on the planet. Um, I'm sorry if I'm offending you and you think somewhere else is greater, but really it's the greatest place that we live where people vacation Including my sweet little mama right here in the second row. She's, look at her with her camera, she's so cute. It's not even an iPhone, mom, it probably doesn't even work. But. <laughs> She's come all the way from Texas to San Diego, and obviously she came to see us, but we've been showing her all around San Diego. It is a beautiful city. But here's a fun thing about whether or not you traveled a lot or a little or you vacation all the time and you are just a baller, well, hey, take me with you. Uh, my favorite thing about vacations is not just the destination, but I actually love the hotels. Let me, oh, come with me for a second. Just wait. Let me tell you why. Two words, maid service. And all that said, amen! Here's the thing, maid service is one of the greatest inventions, if it's an invention I don't know, it's the greatest thing on the planet you go to the hotel that you paid a lot of money to be at, but whatever you go to the hotel and it's like the one place, like, the bed is perfectly made, they encourage you they're like, please leave your towels on the floor and we will bring you a new one and fold it into a swan and put it on the end of your bed And I mean, it, you cannot live a better life than having maid service the second thing which is definitely kenny's favorite thing is the room service <laughs> how many all like room service yeah. okay first of all we try and go once a year to cancun and it's fun because you don't actually have to pay for the room service included in your all-inclusive so kenny's so funny because he, yes yes john and becky go there all the time well all the time or i should say once a year or so but um or so listen we're just following what our leaders do they go to cancun we're gonna go to cancun but the funny thing is about room service is that, okay, Kenny and I will go and eat a full meal, like a full meal. He'll come back to the hotel, he's like, ah, you know what, I think I'm gonna order dinner. I'm like, we just ate, bro. Like, And the fact that his metabolism is like a 12-year-old boy, and he's like, I just ate 9,000 calories. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he orders these things off the menu, and I'm like, babe, you haven't eaten fish in 12 years of our marriage. He's like, oh, it's room service, I'm just gonna try it, and why not? <laughs> but the about room service and maid service and all this crazy stuff is no matter how amazing the vacation is, the world-class hotel that you go in, they've got, you know, different vibes. If you like a trendy, like, hipster vibe, I know all the probably college kids go to, like, the Ace Hotel. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Like, the cool, like, Palm Desert vibes. There's a hard rock Cancun. There's all these different kind of vibes, but no matter how, what your, or what hotel that you go to, I've actually found that one of my favorite things is coming home home to my own bed can i get an amen my bed my sheets my memory foam pillow i have my house my home no matter how amazing it is there's just something that's like a relief like you just get to breathe easy when you come home um so i want to talk to tonight talk to y'all tonight about the uh, advantages of being a homebody homebody okay the first advantage is what i like to call sweat equity Has anyone ever watched HGTV? Yes! If you've watched HGTV for more than two seconds, you've heard sweat equity. Sweat equity is actually defined as an increased value in a property earned from labor toward upkeep or restoration. An increased value in a property earned from labor. The first thing that they'll have you do on HGTV when you're watching their shows, they buy the house, they get the house, they have those people putting elbow grease into it, they're painting, Cheryl probably knows you flip houses, you put in sweat work, you put in labor, and you care about this thing, you're investing in this thing. And it's so interesting because when we go to a hotel, it's, they do it for you, they cater to you. But because it's your home, you actually don't mind that you have to do a little work. The Bible says in Colossians 3, 23, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ that you are serving. See, the danger is when we see a church, this church as a hotel, we come in, we come out, we check in, we check out, we go to Cherish conference then we leave we go to emerge and then we leave we go to connect and then we leave Here's the thing. That's that's great for a season. Absolutely. Come check it out But you know what? There's a time that you're called to be home There's a time when it's time to put a little bit of work in And like I said when when you call it your home like you care for it differently Like I have, we bought this little townhouse four years ago and I love my little townhouse. I like paint and decorate and I keep it clean because I love it so much. And it's interesting. You can talk to any um, real estate. Noah, I'm sure he knows too. Like when there's renters, sometimes there's not as much care because someone else owns it. It's someone else's problem. But when it's yours, the problems are your problems. The victories are your victories. The wins are your wins. And you have to, if we can make the church our home, that's the best thing we can do. And if you didn't know that we as sons and daughters of Christ, we get to call this church our home. The Bible teaches us that this is the house of God. This is not the hotel of God. This is the house of God. This is our home. In uh, 2 Corinthians, Paul, he uh, was mentioned earlier by Sterling as well, that he was a man, or by Colin actually, sorry, you mentioned him. But Paul was a disciple of Christ, and he loved the church. And he was writing to the church And he says in 2 Corinthians, I will gladly spend and be spent for souls. Let me tell you something, seven years ago, Kenny and I came into this church. The last thing I wanted to do was work. And I felt like serving was gonna be work. I was so excited for my new future, but I was exhausted because I've been working my whole life. I was working to stay afloat, working on myself, working on my marriage, working on my dreams, working, 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 and I was spinning my wheels. And one day, Pastor David Chittick, right here. Him and his beautiful wife, Brianna, they said, you know what? We, we see something in you guys. We see gold in you. And they invited us to serve on the team. So we joined what was called my city. <laughs> listen, and for five years, y'all, I spend and spent and spent and spend. I spent energy. I spent gas money. I was up late past my bedtime talking to these teenage girls trying to bless their life. And I'm telling you what, in those five years, listen, I was up setting up pipe and drape, running services, doing all these things, volunteering out of the overflow of my heart because someone had seen gold in me and when I joined that team, then I actually saw gold in these teenagers so it made it easy to serve. And the coolest thing is that some of those teenagers are still here today. And now here's full, this is how full circle God is, is that these same kids that I would pick up and I would have hard conversations with and I would love on and I would, you know, pick them up and take them to school, whatever it was, these kids are now serving and they get to serve me really in a way they're serving, bringing leader, like worship and I get to reap the benefit from what they're giving to me. And the kids in the back, Nick in the back, he runs like the sound. He was like 12 when we met him and the kids in kids church, they're all volunteering and serving because there was a season that I decided to serve as well and now look at their life, it's completely changed. The other cool thing about um, the fact that those My City kids are all grown up is I get a free babysitter. (laughs) Let me just tell you, there's emotional blessings, there are spiritual blessings, but there are some actual blessings as well. So get ready, get on a team, it will benefit your life. But as we get ready to come to a close in a minute here, I want to bring you to the second advantage of being a homebody. And the keys can start playing. Thank you. Thank you, Josiah. It's like every person's dream up here to get the keys going because it, like, adds the mood, you know? So here's the mood. It's coming. Um, But the second thing, y'all are so great to me. I love this. But the second thing about being a homebody is that when you're at a hotel, it is all fun, it's all exciting, room service, all these great things. But if you look in your hotel room, you'll notice there isn't a dinner table. The advantage of being at home is I get to come home after being catered to, after having all this fun. But the reason why I love my dinner table, my dinner table so much, is because it is filled and it is surrounded with people that I love and people that know my soul. And when we view the church as a hotel and we don't see it as a home, we miss out on the connection. The Bible says... In Proverbs 27:17. as iron sharpens iron so one person sharpens another here's the thing when you sit at a dinner table you bump elbows a little bit you're kind of in each other's space a little bit when you join a team when you volunteer your life to a team you bump elbows a little bit it gets a little uncomfortable sometimes but at the same time the same challenges that take place around the table the wins and the victories and the celebrations also take take place around that table Never underestimate the dinner table. Connect leaders, don't underestimate the dinner table. You can circle up. You can look in people's eyes. You can know their soul. Tonight as I was praying, and I'm getting like, I just feel God. I just feel the Lord. Tonight as I was praying and preparing this message, I felt like there were people in this room, and you felt like you, you don't have a home. It's like I saw people who were, like, wandering. You were, like, walking around, and it's like I saw a group of people. And you were walking, and you are trying to look. do, Do I fit here? Do I fit here? Do I fit here? Do I fit here? And you were wondering in your soul if there was a place for you. But let me tell you, God took nine months to make you. He created you. He formed you. He's given you a purpose. And just because some other people maybe haven't called that purpose out in you, it's still in there. And this church, we get the privilege, just like Sterling said so beautifully, that we get to cultivate it and develop it. And we want to do that. We want to steward that. So trust us. Trust God. Let us work with you. The Bible says that we are co-laborers with Christ. And when you're on a team, you're seen. People see you. And more importantly, God sees you.